It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom, with a brand new experience. Well, here's how it starts. I have an Airbnb in my home. I think I've mentioned it before, where I have two extra bedrooms that I rent out. And this particular threesome shows up very late, like one o'clock in the morning on Friday night. And I never met them at that point. Saturday morning, we all got up and introduced ourselves to each other. And I asked them, what is the reason for your stay? What's here in Dallas that's brought you here for the weekend? And now these kids are 25, 30 years old at the most. No. Now these kids are no more than 25, 26 years old. And the one boy says to me, I'm here because of a prearranged marriage. My parents have picked out a wife for me. Well, you know me, right? You can only imagine the double take I did when he said these words to me. I said, they still do that in this generation? Yes, ma'am. In India, that is the way of life. I said, but what if you don't like her? He says, well, in this particular case, I have the opportunity to say no. Now, I'm not trying to make fun of him talking because he was sweet as pie. And the two other people, the other boy and other girl that were with him, were his brother and his brother's wife. And I said, so if you don't like her or she doesn't like you, you do have the opportunity to say, I don't want to be with you. We'll try something else. He says, yes, ma'am, only because my parents didn't get a chance to meet her ahead of time. What they do is if we are in separate countries, they have us all get on one big Skype conversation and they make the girl turn slowly in circles so that they can see all of her. They ask her a million questions. It's like an interview, like a job interview. And then they do the same for the young man so that the potential wife and her parents can see what they're buying into. So the more we talked about this, the more incredulous it became to me that this was still happening. And I look at the other two and I said, don't even tell me that that's how you two met. And they said, yes, our marriage was arranged by his parents as well. And I said, and how long ago? They said, four years. And meanwhile, she's got her arm through his and he's got his other arm around her. And I said, and you're happy? And they said, yes, (laughs) we're very happy. She says, I like him. I said, you like him? He's your husband. She says, I know, but you know, I miss looking at other boys and that kind of stuff. But I'm willing to settle for what I've been given. She says, I knew it was a way of life from the day I was born. That's how I was raised, knowing that at a certain age, my parents were going to find me a husband. Well, you can only imagine what I was like at this point. I was almost speechless. I can't even picture somebody trying to tell me what to do, let alone these three young people in front of me one who seems so eager to meet his new fiance, and the other two that are copacetic with each other but happy. I got into this whole conversation with them. What are you guys going to do in 10 years if you don't like each other anymore? How do you get divorced? Or do you just stick with it and stick it out? 
Well, she says it's easier for the man to move on if we divorce, but the women have a stigma about them, so they rarely ever have suitors after that. So they stay no matter what. She says there are some parts of Turkey where men are allowed to have two or three wives at the same time. And I said, so if one of them gets left out, she has to stay. She says the point is, if she leaves, she's an outcast. No one will talk to her, and the same is true in our country. So it's worthwhile to stay and be miserable than to leave and be alone and miserable. And they say it very matter-of-factly, like this is just the way it is. And the more I looked at them, I was silent for a minute because I was trying to absorb it all. And I said to them, "You know something? I got to tell you, this is like a revelation, because on one hand, I'm outraged that this even exists, that people have the right to choose a mate for life for somebody that they love, that they could be doing more harm than good for." On the other hand, I've been involved in the dating world for what feels like a century at this point. So I have the ability to pick and choose and pick and choose and be chosen and spit out and chosen and thrown away over and over for years now. I was married to a man for 27 years, many of which I wasn't happy during, but I had the choice to leave and I didn't until I reached a breaking point. But my point at this point was, wait a minute, which is the lesser of two evils? To go through all this bullshit with the dating sites and be able to pick and choose whoever you want. Go out on a date, turns out he is just the biggest asshole and you have wasted a night of your life that you will never get back. Or maybe you'll get lucky and you meet somebody you really do like, but they don't like you. So which is devil are we dancing with here? This is a real serious contemplation. Like maybe it would have been easier for me if my parents, who were abnormally malfunctionable to begin with, (laughs) picked a date for me that wound up being my husband, than it would have been if I had to go through all of this all over again. Just when I thought I was so smart, I now feel I'm stupid as shit because I don't know which is better or which is worse. So they leave to meet this girl. They went to breakfast at some place I referred them to, not knowing what the whole meeting was about in the first place. So I sort of feel responsible for this whole meeting and this whole getting together. And, you know, I should be like the godmother if something happens here. (laughs) It's always all about me. You know that. They go, I don't see them again until maybe 11.30 that night where the husband and wife walk in, the young kids, and I'm on the couch watching TV and I look at them and I said, so what happened? And she says, well, we're we're still not sure. I said, well, where is he? Well, the couple are debating. I said, debating? You're leaving at three o'clock in the morning. I swear to you, they came in for one day just to meet this girl. How do you debate when you only have 24 hours? You either like her or you don't like her. You either like him or you can't stand him. You basically only have four hours in your life to make this decision. 
based upon their religion and society's ways. I said, so explain to me, if you don't mind. I know it's late. I know you're tired. I know you have a flight at five in the morning. I said, but if I'm sitting here when he walks in, am I supposed to act happy for him? Or am I supposed to be understanding? Or should I just keep my mouth shut? What am I supposed to do when he walks in? They said, well, we don't know. Because when we left, she was still trying to tell him she wanted more time. She didn't even want to get engaged yet because she wants to finish school in August. Now, to me, that sounds like a girl who's got her head on straight. And I said to them, well, good for her. And after I said it, I realized, look who I just said that to. Like, what's wrong with me? I said to them, well, did you like her? And both of them sort of looked at each other and then looked at me and then looked up in the air and then looked at me. And I said, what is it? Well, I said, was she pretty? And the girl says, well, not particularly pretty, but she's a pretty person. I said, what does that mean? (laughs) You know, are, are we playing like Clue? What did she look like? Well, I mean, there was nothing special about her, but her inner beauty, you could see it was there. And I said, and do you feel the same way? I said to her husband. He says, yeah, not much to look at, but she was a very nice girl. And I said, well, what did your brother think? He says, I don't know. That's what we're waiting to find out. We never had a chance to sit and talk with him on his own. And meanwhile, they said their parents in India are waiting for their phone call. And she says, but we can't call. We're just going to tell them that we're still at dinner. I said, darling, it's 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) You think your parents are going to buy that one? She starts to laugh and she says, but we don't know what to tell them. And so they went to bed. And the next thing you know, about an hour later, in he walks with a big smile on his face. And I said to him, because this is me, I said, so what happened? (laughs) And he says, I don't know. I said, I don't understand this tradition. You either have the tradition or you don't. You either have to do what your parents say or you don't. Or somehow, some way, this is all screwy in my mind because you said the parents didn't meet her or she didn't meet your parents, somebody didn't meet somebody, and that's what's allowing the two of you to take your time and make a decision? He says, yes. I said, okay. So it's like you either shit or get off the pot. And he burst out laughing because these three are living in the U.S. for six years now, and they know these terms. And when it came out of my mouth, I thought, The minute it escaped my lips, I realized I should not have said that, but it was like I was so frustrated by this whole situation that I got myself into, which wasn't even my situation, but it was just in my house. And he understood the comment. So we both laughed. I said, so what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to give her time. I'm going to give her a couple weeks and see how she feels. And if she wants to wait, Until she graduates, I'm sure my parents will be looking elsewhere in the meantime. Whoa, that's a hard sell. You take my son now or screw you, I'm looking for another bitch. You see, I don't know if I get that one either. But you can't force a sale. It'll never stick unless you're ruled by society that says you have to to marry the person I choose for you. You can't have this middle ground, Mr. and Miss India. 
You just can't. You either do it or you don't do it. That's how I see it. In America, it's unheard of. In India, in Turkey, in other godforsaken countries that I don't know about that are practicing this type of mix and match, do what we say kind of relationships, more power to them. Maybe it's the right thing to do. Maybe it would eliminate all the stress and all the duress of trying to find the right person. Maybe you just learn to adapt to somebody that's picked for you. Everybody has their bad side. Everybody has their little nitpicky things. Well, even when you meet what you think is the perfect person, you're going to find out all those things and you either work with them or you don't. You either mesh or you don't. Well, the same thing can happen if somebody introduces your future to you. You either learn to work with it, make it intertwined between the two of you, and become one no matter what. And don't deal with all of this dating nonsense. I'm sorry. I'm just confused. I honestly don't know which is best. You tell me. I mean, none of us have had a prearranged marriage. Right now in my life, I would love if my fairy godmother showed up with a man and said, Here, this is for you. It's free. He'll take care of you for the rest of your life. I would thank her. I would kiss him. And if she did like a magic spell that that made us love each other, I'd like that even much more. You know, why is it so hard to find love? Why is it so hard to find a man that thinks like I do? Or allows me to think the way I do. I'm not that different. I'm a little outspoken, you know, but what's wrong with that? I would love to have somebody planted right in front of me that meets all my criteria so that they could prove me wrong because I would find out that I don't like them. Even though they have everything I want, I don't like them. That would probably break me out of this mold that I'm looking for. You know, the perfect guy for me, status. Everybody says the same thing. I'm not looking for the perfect woman. I'm looking for the perfect woman for me. Oh, I call bullshit on that. Everybody has a mold, a pattern. Everybody knows really what they want, what works best for them. Well, you put that perfect person right in front of my face and let me see that he's really not what I was looking for, and that probably what I've been looking for this whole time has been in my backyard. (sighs) Maybe it's just a reality check. Maybe I just need to go take a Valium. But these three had my head spinning, really. And we had this whole conversation at one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Poor kids. (sighs) Oh, well... I made them promise that they would get back to me and let me know what the outcome was. Call Auntie Robin and let her know. (laughs) Oh, God. So the next Airbnb shows up today. They left this morning, and now I've got two men coming in. One who's been described to me as an older gentleman. He's 40-something, which cracked me up because there's a young girl that made the reservation for the two of them. And the other is a little younger. He's 20 something. And they're coming to work at some plant here for, listen carefully, 36 days. 
two men will be living in my house with me for 36 days. And my two dogs, who at this point are shell-shocked. I feel like an abusive parent at this point because I have had so many people, so many Airbnb people that have come in and out of my home since December of last year. They're constantly running under furniture, shying away from people that walk, you know, people that lunge at them and say, oh, you're so cute. And I have to tell them, no, you got to back away. Leave the dogs alone. (laughs) My poor little Lucy and Joey. Oh, wait till they see 36 days. Oh. So I'm going to go make the beds, change the sheets, make sure the rooms are clean, and wait to find out what happens with my favorite trio from India that were here. And then I'll let you know. In the meantime, thank you for listening. It's wonderful that you found me on iTunes. And if you click subscribe, I'll find you every Tuesday. It's easy. Just hit the little subscribe button. It's right there on the page. Or you can go to my website, sugarmom.net, and you can see and hear all the podcasts there. Or click on subscribe there, and it'll take you right to iTunes. I have videos on my website, sugarmom.net. I have blogs. I have all kinds of pictures and stuff. It's fun. You'll enjoy it. Just write me. Also, if you'd like to be on the air with me, Write me at Robin Marshall Sugar Mom at gmail.com. Easy. Robin Marshall Sugar Mom at gmail.com. It's private. Nobody sees it but me. And if you have an interesting story or something you'd like to share or just have a discussion with me about, we don't have to use names, cities, anything. And we can just do it right over the phone and enjoy each other's company. Once again, thank you for listening. If you liked it, hit a couple stars for me. It's the only way that iTunes sees that I exist, for goodness sake. There's a million podcasts. This will help me stand out a little bit if you hit a few stars. I would appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening. I'll let you know how these new guys go. You know, the older guy, the (laughs) 40-year-old. And the kid that could be my son, who's 20. Coming up probably next week. Thanks for listening to me. I'm Robin Marshall and Sugar Mom.